I have been in that world of thinking about how this uh, traumatic event, because, you know, having a major surgery is a traumatic event. And also, um, you know, a new discovery like this um, has really shifted my life and how much of my life has in some ways not changed at all and in other ways completely shifted. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 72, our solo episode of October and one that is much overdue. Um, I've had so many of you reach out about this and I'm really excited to dive into all the things that has been on my heart and in my life um, post-double mastectomy. Um, it's It'll be, well, when you're listening to this, it'll be almost at a year. My year mark is December 3rd, which ironically enough is also the launch of my book date. My book um, is launching into Amazon on the 3rd of December. Um, not so ironic. It was very intentional. Um, as a celebration um, and also as a reminder that trauma is fucking hard and um I'm really excited to put this into the ether and share it with you guys. Um, And actually, today not only is an update, but also for the first time, I'm sharing a tiny excerpt of my book. So get really excited. It's a super vulnerable episode, and I just want you to know that I'm standing with you always, and um, I really, 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 really adore you to the moon. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for supporting my journey, Um, and by sharing this episode, you could potentially change someone's life and change theirs, Um, so share Share with a friend and um, and share with everyone on Instagram and um, blast this to the to the ethers um, and we will we will share this message of BRCA and breast cancer and just fucking navigating the shit because that's part of life and this is um, this is my update so here we go okay holy shit uh, I didn't really expect to be talking to you guys about this for uh, my solo episode but a lot of y'all have reached out on. Instagram asking me about this and I just decided to make an actual episode about it because the truth is I haven't really talked about where I'm at in my journey um, with BRCA um, for a long time. I mean, I, I interspersedly talk about it and obviously y'all know I'm breast cancer awareness, rah, rah, but I've been so ingrained in book writing um, and, you know, sharing my story in that in that way that I have done it less publicly and on my Instagram. So this is, um, you know, fitting, I think for, you know, it being breast cancer awareness month. And also, um, because we're coming up really close on my year post, um, mastectomy. Um, so my surgery, as some of you know, if you've been listening for a while, um, was December 3rd, 2018. And you're listening to this, um, almost a year, a year out, which is kind of crazy. Um, and, you know, certainly, uh, almost two years out of finding out that I had the gene mutation or have, I suppose, um, the gene mutation in the first place. And, 
how that has really shifted my life. If you want to go back and you haven't gone all the way back to the depths of the podcast, you guys, I started the podcast. It officially launched two days before I found out that I was positive for the, for the gene mutation. So if you want to hear me in the thick of it, episode six is where I talk at length about that. And I obviously have talked about it since in, in, in future episodes as well. Um, past episodes, I guess, um, but future episodes from the sixth, um, I haven't done an update in a long time. And I have been in that world of thinking about how this, uh, traumatic event, because, you know, having a major surgery is a traumatic event. And also, um, you know, a new discovery like this, um, has really shifted my life and how much of my life has in some ways not changed at all and in other ways completely shifted um, where I've put my priorities has shifted a lot. Um, you know, I wouldn't obviously be writing a book if it hadn't been for this experience and that's been huge and I cannot wait for y'all to get your hands on it. Um, but because it really does go like I go into all the details plus um, navigate all of the things around fear and anxiety and worry and how to take inspired action when you are in in the depths and and facing the trauma. Um, but I wanted to just kind of pull back the curtain and give y'all, uh, you know, a, an almost year post mastectomy update. Um, so yeah, basically it has been a ride. Um, for those who are, are new to the podcast, what's up? You're like, probably like, what the fuck are you talking about, Amanda? Um, but I, um, was, I guess diagnosis. I always find that to be a weird term because I don't have cancer. I have never been diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, but I was, um, told in February of 2018 after getting a a blood test, um, because I do have family history for it, that I was positive for the BRCA gene mutation. So basically in a, in a nutshell, um, we have genes in our bodies. Yay. Science. And, um, Sometimes those genes can get mutated and BRCA or BRCA um, is a gene that we have in our bodies. And when it's mutated, um, it means that we have a, there's two, two strands, BRCA1, BRCA2. I am positive for the BRCA1 gene mutation. And so that meant, finding that out meant that I have a significantly higher percentage of likelihood of developing breast or ovarian cancer over, over my lifetime. Also, it paired with that pancreatic and melanoma, there's much smaller percentages and much closer to, you know, the general population percentage likelihood. But breast cancer specifically, my 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 odds were certainly not in my favor. <laughs> um, and um and ovarian cancer as well. So when I when I found that out, um, I immediately, as I've talked about before, um, you know, made the decision, um, like I knew what I wanted to do and I made the decision to have a double mastectomy, which is, you know, your, it is, it is the most, uh, likely, uh, and most uh, like 99% eradicating, um, from your likelihood of having breast cancer. Cause literally you don't have any tissue, <laughs> um, there. So, that for me was the path that I chose, a path that felt really right for me in the moment. And despite all of that, it was still a whirlwind, as you've heard in the past, um, and as you will hear in way more detail um, in the book. Um, and the thing about traumatic events that I was never really super 
well versed in because I have certainly shared my 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 fair share of trauma in my life um, as I dig really deeply in the book, like share some stories that I honestly never thought I would ever talk about. So it's like a lot. And, um, and it's, and it's funny, but it's also deeply personal, um, which is, you know, how I don't do it anyway else. Right. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was what, what was the other side, you know, because leading up to the surgery, like there were things that I could tangibly do. You know, I could find, I could talk to a genetic counselor. I could find a, a surgical team that really fit with my values, were people I really trusted. Um, you know, I knew that I, um, like, I was in good hands. You know, I could, you know, set up my business in a way that I basically took all of December off, which was in and of itself a fucking gift. Um, you know, and create, um, you know, ask for help with my support system and everything like that and physically prep for surgery and, and really, you know, get my workouts in intentionally so that I could fully, you know, have, have a much more ease filled recovery. Um, you know, and there's so many things you think you can prep for. And, and, uh, and I am a recovering control freak, you know, someone who really likes to be able to know how everything is going to go. And the reality is that life just doesn't work like that. Right. And we can prep ourselves. And I, you know, I, I talk about that at length in the book. So if you are personally navigating this, like know that I've got you, but the other side is something that I hadn't really thought about. And I think most of us don't think about, and this is what I talk about in the book. Um, I talk about fear and, you know, the, the fears leading up to it and also just fear leading up to a traumatic event, whether, you know, especially when it's something that we know is coming or just something that we're fucking terrified of in the first place. And then the aftermath too, and how to navigate that with intention. Cause let me tell you, I've learned the hard way, <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's been a really interesting journey. Um, in short, you know, I'm, you know, like, like I said, a little less than a year out. And I overall feel like pretty normal, you know, um, my, my life is, uh, pretty much the same as it was before. And yet in so many ways it feels different. Um, the things that I have noticeably shifted, um, for me are again, like I said, where my priorities lie. Um, I was super into making sure that I was healthy and positive, um, and showing up for myself every day leading up to even finding out about, um, you know, being BRCA positive, which I'm so grateful that that was something that I poured into for myself, um, and actually started a business around, um, you know, four years ago. Uh, but, for for the reason for that for the longest time was to heal my binge eating and to heal my orthorexia and my overexercising and the yo-yo dieting experience. And so, you know, I really wanted to learn how to fuel my body from a fitness and a nutrition standpoint, not to, you know, hit results or look a certain way or anything like that, but to learn how to actually fuel my body so I could feel good and so that I could live a long, healthy life. And, um, I'm so grateful for that foundation because it's been so much more important to me even now. Um, because you know, one of the best things you can do if you have cancer in your family and of any kind is to be active, is to be treating your body well and, um, and, and healing it with, with food and nutrition. And so that's something that has, you know, 
stayed the same in the way that I navigate it, um, but the intention behind it and the reason for it and my why around it has significantly shifted. Um, And so on days where I don't want to make it a priority for whatever reason, my why is like flashing in front of my eyeballs, you know, because I want to live a long and healthy life. Like I want to be a crazy, funny, silly grandma, you know, in the future, like living it up on the dance floor and having like crazy, amazing sex. Like that is, that's what I'm going to be y'all like get ready. Cause growing old is going to be an adventure for me. <laughs> um, and I want that life. Um, And so the decisions I make now and the way that I show up for myself are always for that future grandma me, you know, Um, and, uh, and I empower you to think about, you know, I, I do this with my clients all the time, but like, think about your future, your future self and how you want to live and who you want to be and how can you today start showing up for that space? Because once we start to shift in that direction and make choices that are aligned from that place, it doesn't happen overnight, but we start to create habits that really foster the possibility for that life to be created, right? Um, And so for me, it's been about a prioritization there. It's also, you know, shifted my prioritization in terms of, you know, I think when you navigate something like this, and I've spoken about this at length with a lot of my my friends who I've made in, in the community who have had cancer, you know, it's like life becomes so precious. And I, you know, I, I don't say this to be to be like a downer, but I've in the past year of, uh, well, year and a half of being surrounded by women in, in the, the BRCA and breast cancer community, I have had three friends of mine, um, pass away, um, from cancer. And, you know, and, and one of them, um, you know, was healthy and was, had been in remission and it came back really aggressively. And it's been such a eye opening experience for me to navigate and realize that life is so short. And I'm sure that if you've had this happen to anyone in your life or someone has passed away early, you know, it's like you, it's this constant like reminder to live life fully. And it's why I am so, it's a big part of why I'm so passionate about living authentic, authentically living unapologetically and living my fuck yes life, because I don't know what life is going to look like. And God damn it, I am going to live it to my fullest and fully as me, um, when I have the time, right. And for all the people that didn't get the time. Um, and so that's also really reframed my priorities and reframed where I put my energy. Um, and it's also shifted where and why I want to create an impact in the world. You know, as soon as I found out that I had the gene and have been navigating this process, my biggest thing was there is not enough advocacy, especially for women in their 20s and 30s who are going through this. And yet I know so many women who are in their 20s who are finding lumps, who uh, you know, go into remission and then and then find out months later that they have metastatic breast cancer, which if you don't know what that is, it basically just means that the cancer has spread to your lymph nodes. Um, and so it's still considered breast cancer, but it's really moved to other organs. Yay, right? So, so, so happy and healthy um, and exciting. It, it's, you know, it's like there's, there are so many, um, there's so many paths that this, <laughs> this world can take us and, and that this disease can create. And, and while I have had the privilege of not having to face it head on, I have been surrounded by so many women that have, and also 
you know, been so passionate about what it means to have the knowledge that I had, right? I was able to advocate for myself and I'm still continuing to advocate for myself in other ways, you know, around the ovarian cancer piece. And we can talk about that in a second, but to me, it's like, why is this not being talked about more? Because I know so many people who have, you know, breast cancer in their family and yet they have no concept if they have this this genetic mutation, which if they took action around or were being more vigilant with screenings, which as a 20 something year old, you don't even think about that, right? You think, oh, somebody's in their fifties when they get breast cancer. I don't really have to start screenings until then. If you have the gene, like your likelihood goes up at 25. And that's just something that I am so passionate about talking about and sharing about because I've seen how, like, I've seen how it has saved my life, right? Like, I mean, genuinely like I made a choice to save my life um and to preemptively save my life um and it is it is so important in all facets to be an advocate for your health it is our most vital thing to do which is literally where my entire mission in life exists whether it's you know in my one-on-one and group coaching around binge eating and um, and overeating and and really like healing our bodies with nutrition, or um, you know, with my Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership, with navigating our our mindset and how that deeply impacts our anxiety and stress and everything around that, you know, or being an advocate um, for BRCA and partnering with brands that are aligned. If you saw my Instagram, you saw that I've been partnering with incredible brands for this month, all around breast Can- breast cancer awareness month. Go support them. Pour your resources into helping make a difference and change something, right? Um, or just listen and be aware and and pay this podcast forward to somebody you know who has breast cancer in their family, um, you know, or just anyone, any woman in your life, right? It is so important to be an advocate for yourself and um, and really show up for your health instead of just not questioning things, right? This is part of being a critical thinker in the world we live in. Um, There are so many ways we can do that. And for me, this has been so important for my own journey, which is obviously why I'm so passionate about talking about it. Um, And why an entire book has been, you know, written as a result from this journey. Um, Because like that passion, it just was pouring out of my fingertips. Literally, you guys, I don't think I've talked about how I even started the book, but I was on a trip. It was my, it was my celebratory you know, the, the, the foobs are in, we've, we're on the other side of this trip. Um, I went to Jamaica with my mom for four days. It was my first trip post my surgery and it was like healing and just incredible. And, you know, it was the first time I went in the ocean <laughs> with, with my foobs, which is a weird experience, you guys, cause you like, you have no feeling in your boobs. So like going in water, normally I have to like be mindful of like going in the, in the water and like my boobs are going to get cold. It's like, no, I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. Um, total sidebar. Um, but I was there and I just felt so like overcome with creativity and writing. And, you know, I've had a blog for a really long time. Obviously I've sort of pivoted away from the blog and, and, and onto the podcast these last year and a half, um, two years, but I started writing. I didn't really know what I was writing or why I was writing it. And before I knew it, I'd written 5,000 words. And I was like, well, Amanda, I think you're writing a book. (laughs) And uh, here we are, uh, you know, almost 60,000 words later. And um, it's, it's, it's been such a ride and such a journey. Um, And speaking of the book, like, the really big thing you guys has been the other side. And, and that's the thing that you feel like you can't prepare for, like I said before, right. And so much has shifted and I, you know, I've hardly scratched the surface with stuff I've talked about on here already, but 
I wanted to take you guys um, through a chapter that I wrote and and read it to you guys and give you kind of a sneak peek because to me this is really it really says <laughs> really says where I'm at um, and also kind of the gist of what the book is all about um, and so this is the end of the intro section um, so here it goes. The thing about a traumatic event is that you never really recover from it. I know, I know it sounds fucking morbid, but it's the truth. Sure, you evolve, you grow, and you can thrive again. But it doesn't just magically poof, go away the moment the event itself is over, like so many people often feel it should. The saying, time heals all wounds, always pissed me off. Not because it isn't true. I believe that time is one of the greatest gifts when it comes to healing. I mean... I don't usually remember what I ate for breakfast the day before, so by that logic, I won't remember how or why I was upset about something three months ago. <laughs> logic is clearly not my forte, but that's not why you're here, okay? Okay, moving on. What pisses me off is the expectations others have around the amount of time we should need in order to recover from something traumatic or hard. Our relationship ends and we're given a few months to, quote, get over it, end quote, before we move on. But... Get back out there and, and try to figure out how the fuck the new world of online dating works. Cue all the swiping and hoping to magically find our person based on looks alone. We make it through chemo- chemotherapy, get told we're in remission and are magically expected to be able to move on with our life and get back to normal. Our mom dies and we feel like a motherfucking failure when the grief of it all is still weighing on us a year later. We go through a major surgery, rock out physical therapy, and we look like we're all healed up on the outside so people assume we're all good now. As I'm sure you are all too familiar with from facing traumas in your own life, the truth of the matter is that it's never that fucking simple. And it can be frustrating as all hell when other people's expectations of our recovery timelines don't line up with our reality. All of a sudden, our minds get filled with a million shoulds. Should I be further along? Should I feel okay now? Should I be able to just move on and forget the whole thing? Should, should, should. And... We start to question our ability as a human being. We start comparing ourselves to that one girl on Instagram we follow who went through the same surgery and had a quicker recovery, or who broke it off with her partner of 10 years the same month that we did and is already on the dating scene again. We need to stop shooting all over ourselves. Seriously, if I could remove the word should from the English language, I would. I don't believe that anyone should have to do anything or should be expected to meet some arbitrary goal or deadline with anything in life let alone when recovering from a traumatic event. We all have our own unique unicorn timelines. That's a simple fact that's not up for debate. Some people need a few months and they're back at it. Some need a year, five years. The key here is that there is no wrong answer. There's only your answer. And that is the accumulation of so many things, your history with trauma, your emotional intelligence, your personality type, and beyond. Grief is a complicated thing and opens the door to super difficult emotions, and we all have different ways of dealing with it. I don't know about you, but when I'm going through something especially challenging, my first instinct is to run away from feeling anything around it. Seriously, I'll avoid it like the plague. My personality is wired for avoidance and numbing. Why do you think I spent so many years binge eating and overexercising? Thank you, brain. It's taken years of work and therapy to learn how to truly feel the feels. Nowadays, I've gotten pretty good at actually leaning into my emotions, and while at first it can make the grief feel a billion times harder, in the long run, it helps those feelings dissipate faster because the clarity on the other side of it comes a hell of a lot quicker. 
There was a time when my avoidance of my feelings was my number one objective, and I would spend months at a time going in and out of sadness, confusion, frustration, shame, and guilt until it felt as if it ate me alive. Avoidance is where the majority of people find themselves immediately after something as sucky as this surgery. And most people stay stuck in that stage for a long, long time. Sound familiar? You're not alone, sister. Most of the recoveries you've watched from afar and find yourself wondering how they can muster to be so goddamn positive and how they've healed so quickly... I bet that if you were a fly on the wall behind closed doors, you'd see it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Maybe they're putting on a brave face in public, but in reality, they spend every night numbing out to a pint of ice cream and all the Netflix they can binge. Guilty. <laughs> or maybe they're trying so hard to suppress their feelings to get by that they overcompensate with appearing joyful and as put together as possible. You never know what another person's truth is until you can peel back the layers and see firsthand for yourself a privilege so few of us actually get in anyone else's lives but our own. So in the spirit of pulling back the curtain, and how rare is it to see the truth? I'm going to do just that. Holy hell, Brene, the vulnerability hangover is coming. I can feel it. Shout out to Brene Brown. (laughs) My truth, there are days where I feel on top of the world and lots of other days when everything feels like it's crumbling. Immediately after surgery, I intentionally took this time to really go through the healing process. And I'm not referring to the physical healing, which was its own thing in and of itself. I mean the emotional healing of it all. I journaled every single day. I committed to seeing my therapist every week. And every time something came up that I was struggling with, I talked openly about it with my support system. And that's just the tip of the toolbox. I'm lucky. I had a motherfucking leg up on most people going through grief and trauma. I'm a mindset coach after all. The tools I needed were already in my toolbox. And I'm so fucking grateful for that. Grateful that I had the vocabulary and the knowledge, thanks to the work I do in this world, to compassionately have navigated the mess of it all. But I'd be lying to you if I said that even now I was 100% A-OK. Some days I'm a complete and utter mess. And I'm blown away by the struggles I've continued to bump up against after all this time. Damn you expectations. (laughs) If I'm experiencing those feelings, you better damn well believe that everyone else going through trauma is feeling the same thing or worse. My point is, you're in motherfucking good company, lady love. The next time you're walking home from work, crying your eyes out, mascara dripping down your face and screaming to yourself, why me? Remember that somewhere not too far away, another gal is doing the same damn thing. Knowing I'm not alone in navigating the mess of this all, it's comforting, which is why I'm so committed to sharing my truth in my mess. I never want you to feel alone again, because that girl walking home from work a total fucking mess, that girl was me, truly feeling she was alone in it all while everyone else in her life magically had their shit together. Reality check. Nobody has their shit together. Most people are just not willing to let their shit be aired in public. So welcome to the shitstorm, the mess the real, unfiltered truth of what it really looks like to sift through the crap and face your motherfucking fears like a goddamn lion. My story isn't over. It never will be, and like it or not, this is always going to be a part of my story. And while I wish it weren't the case, this genetic mutation is going to impact my life's path in a lot more ways to come, ways I probably can't even begin to fathom. Some amazing, and some probably devastating. Sure, I could spend my time stressing about all that's to come. Hello, anxiety. And some days, I do. I'm human. But through it all, I'm committed to moving forward by giving myself compassion, to feel the feels, to sift through the crap of my own fucking timeline, and be kind to myself when I feel like a hot mess express. Time. 
to heal my own on my own terms, to fully flesh out all of the shifts and the mess attached to this part of my story. And above all, the strength to rise up and be the goddamn warrior of my own life. Are you with me? Here we go. End chapter. Woo! You guys, I've never shared like my book. <laughs> oh, it feels like birthing a baby into into the world to y'all. Like that was super vulnerable. Um, but I'm really excited for you to get your hands on the the whole thing. And I wanted to share that specific piece because it really does sum up where I'm at right now. Um, at least emotionally, you know, physically, like if you want the goods, <laughs> come check out my Insta. But basically the tits are just the tits. They're just foobs now. Um, they're a little wavier than they used to be because hello, they are not real, <laughs> which in and of itself is always going to be a little weird for me, but you know, it's better than having cancer. So that's all I have to say around that. Um, and, you know, if you have any specific BRCA questions, I am always just, you know, a message away. Um, just DM me on Instagram. I am here for you. Um, but that's really it. Like, that's where I'm at. And I am, you know, navigating the other side of it and 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 really trying to just live right now before I step into the ovarian cancer piece of it because, you know, right now I'm 28 and I have the time for that. And for that, I'm grateful. Um, you know, I don't really need to worry about making any surgical shifts in that capacity until I'm 35. So I have some time, um, and I'm sure that I will be talking about that in real time as it gets closer. Cause let me tell you the anxiety around that is often quite real for me. Um, but what I have learned in life and what I do not always incredibly well, but teach on and personally uh, work on implementing all the time because I am so deeply passionate about it is being so in the now that I don't spend my whole life future tripping, right? I spent so much of my life focusing on what if and living in that anxiety space. And I've learned that the way to live life on for me and for live my fuck yes life is to live in the moment and to just soak things up as they are. And obviously, you know, dream big and, and, and get clear on what that can look like, but, and take action around that. But when you, when I, when I have spent so much of my time not being so focused on what is right in front of me and focusing and soaking up the gratitude of that, I get really, really, really miserable. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a miserable life. Um, so I commit to doing that. And right now, I am just really grateful, to be honest. Like, that's really grateful, really angry about a lot of this stuff, and really passionate about turning and channeling that anger into awareness. Um, and also just, like, so damn thankful for the ability to make a choice and, um, to constantly live my life, um, for all of the women who weren't able to do so. So, woo, getting emotional. So that's, that's the update y'all. Um, and like I said, please share this with, with all the women in your life, because this awareness is only, and the, the, the awareness factor can only happen the more ear balls this gets into. Um, and, 
and the more eyes that get on get on um, the book list. So if you um, have not already signed up for just put your email for to get info on the book and, and get the VIP info for all of that, go to Amanda Catherine Loy. That's Catherine with a K dot com forward slash book. And um, you, all you have to do is put your name and your email in there so that you can get all the dates um, for as soon as the launch takes place. Also, if you're in the Chicago area, I'm going to be doing a book launch party um, and I would love to see you there. I will be sharing more about that as we get closer. Um, but again, the book is officially launched launching December 3rd and I cannot wait to put it into the ether and and get this into even more hands so that we can continue to be advocates for ourselves and also because as you saw it's not just poignant and emotional it's also if I do say so myself pretty fucking funny <laughs> turns out I'm funny y'all I like did not know that until I started writing a book <laughs> what did you tell me anyways I love you guys so much and um and I yeah, I just um, let's really just be be the, the 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 theme here and the the overarching like thing that I just want you to to leave from today's talk is live in the now and live fully in the now because it's all we have in this moment, right? It's all we have, and so like, what are you not doing that you know you're meant to? Like, why are you waiting? Stop waiting. Take action um, because you deserve it and the world deserves your light. So I love you guys. And until next week, I'll see you guys on the flip side. Bye-bye. 